everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj, coming at you just solo today, no wall, for our fourth mini-episode. I'm going to call it DraftKings 101. I want to give a better explanation of what DraftKings is and how to make your teams uh, more in-depth look at it. I know we kind of went over it in one of our other episodes, but I just want to give you a better look at come some of the better statistics on what to look at, how to look at, how to make your team uh, a, the best team it can be. And uh, also I want to go over a couple of the different game types that we didn't go over last time as well. Now DraftKings and what is it? DraftKings is a daily fantasy sport, a DFS. We've talked about that acronym a couple times before. There's many other websites that have it. Um, DraftKings is just the one I use the most. And uh, it does have some differences from the others. And we'll kind of go over what DraftKings is all about and how to do it. So DraftKings, you draft eight players from a set of games. So the games DraftKings sets, uh, usually say for a Saturday slate of games, it's the earlier games. So say it's 11 to 12 different games they'll pick in the afternoon. Um, you'll only be able to pick from those players. And then they'll do usually another game, which is just the night games. Uh, which will typically be from seven to nine different games. And again, you'll only be able to get the pick from players from those seven to ten games for those night game slates. Now, they do have other games as well where they just do a single game. Um, those are tougher. Would we'll try to stay away from those as much as possible. If you like to do that, you can do that. But you'll get a salary of $50,000. You have to stay at or under with the eight players. So that's an average of $6,250 if you were to just take everybody on average. Now, DraftKings does, sets, their, sets the money for all of the players, and they put their top-tier players, so your Jalen Hurts or your Jonathan Taylors or your Chubba Hubbards, they'll beat those people high in the money. So they'll be like $9,000 or maybe more to, to own that player. So you can't just go out there and pick all of the top tier players because, again, we have to stay below that 50K salary that they set. The minimum salary on DraftKings is 3000 So even if a guy isn't playing, he'll still be 3000 But that's typically where you find those, those big sleepers. And we'll go over that in the methods section of this mini episodes towards the end. Now, in DraftKings, you get to draft a quarterback. Out of those eight players, you get to draft a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex, which is a running back or a wide receiver, and a super flex, which is anything. Typically, it's a quarterback because your average quarterback, average price quarterback, typically makes more than your top running backs. Now, not Jonathan Taylor or Chubba Hubbard, but typically any other running back in the in the game right now in college football is going to make on average about the same as a mid-tier quarterback. So typically I just even say you're drafting two quarterbacks. There's no super flex. Now let's get to the scoring because scoring is a little boring, but it's good to know, especially in DraftKings and especially with receiving. And I'll go over that in a second, but passing, you'll get four, four points for a TD. Uh, each passing yard will be plus 0.04 um, so that's one point for every 25 yards, and an interception is negative one yard. Rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns are both six points. Rushing yards and receiving yards are both plus point one point or one point for every 10 yards. Um, the big difference here is receiving. If you get a reception in a game, you get a point, which is big. Uh, not every single DFS site does that, so one point per reception. Uh, for special teams, return for a punt or return for a TD, excuse me, either a punt kickoff or a botched field goal is six points. Any two-point conversions 
uh, running, passing, or receiving is two points, not your normal six or four points. Uh, a fumble lost is negative one, and an offensive fumble recovery for a TD is six points. Uh, cool thing about DraftKings is they do bonuses. So if your guy passes for over 300 yards, he gets a bonus of three points. If he rushes or receives for over 100 yards, he gets a bonus of three points. Now, we got the points out of the way. How do we use the Vegas odd makers? How do, how do we use those Vegas odd makers to help us in getting a perfect team? Well, let's take a look first at the slate of games we have. Let's write them all down, see what the over-unders are, see what the spread is. And then let's figure out implied points. So every odds maker is implying with an over-under and a spread, a certain team is going to score a certain amount of points and the other team is going to score a certain amount of points. How you find out what an implied point is, you take the over-under, you divide that by two, you take the spread, you divide that by two, and you subtract the two together. So let's take example last weekend, Michigan State versus Ohio State. Over-under on that game was 51, and the spread was Ohio State negative 20. So implying Ohio State is giving 20 points to Michigan State. This implies that Ohio State would score 35.5 points, and Michigan State would score 5.5 points. Game ended at Ohio State 34, Michigan State 10, so pretty close. But that's important to know because you want to know high over-under games and you want to know implied points because if there's low implied points, then you want to stay away from those games. You don't want to pick up your $10,000 quarterback who's not going to score that many touchdowns. Um, so you want to stay away from low implied point games and low over-under games. And on the flip side of that, watch out for those games where you know, it could be less competitive. And what I mean by that is if there's a spread of over two touchdowns, typically guys get pulled during halftime or certain quarters and they don't get their full point value or their advantage throughout the whole game because they get pulled because they're beating the team by so bad. So watch out for those high games with high spreads, over two touchdowns usually. Typically anything below that, you're good to go. Um, picking matchups, you know, Players in college football or teams in college football have high points per PPG, which is plays per game. And you want to watch for plays per game. It's a huge advantage when deciding or, or the worth of spending on players in a certain slate of games. Okay, More points per game equals more targets. And in a point per reception league like DraftKings is, that's huge. Let's take example ECU's top receiver last year, Trevon, Trevon Brown who averaged 6.45 yards per target, which isn't that much, but he saw 174 targets, which is 13.3 points per game over their 13-game season last year. And that's not including any touchdowns or yards he had ended up getting. Um, so points per reception is huge, especially in a PP or high PPG offense, because they're just getting the ball out more, getting more targets, more looks, even if it's small you know, one yard, um, one yard gains, it doesn't matter. He's still getting that point per reception. Um, so always stick with high PPG, high tempo offenses. On the flip side of that, you have, you know, even a, a high time of possession team could have a, a higher PPG, but you want to steer clear of those high time possession teams. Let's look at Wisconsin for a, a perfect example this year. They're leading right now in college football, 
with 37 minutes, 28 seconds of time of possession per game. Again, game is 60 minutes. Now, Wisconsin has done pretty well because they've been playing lower echelon teams. Now, if they get to a tougher defense, that might change. This, the over-unders might go down because of that high time of possession. Uh, you look at teams like Navy and the armies of the world that, that run spread or run the, the option offense that have high times of possession. Even if they're not the favorite to win, you want to try to steer clear of those games because they're going to be hogging the ball as long as they possibly can. That's just how their team is. And that reduces your chance to score points on the other end of the ball with your favorite and the, the quarterback that was $9,300 on DraftKings isn't going to get as many opportunities as he usually does. He's going to lower his points per game because of the high temp or high time of possession or offense on the other side of the field. So different game types in DraftKings are cash games and guaranteed prize pool. So, or we'll call guaranteed prize pool PPG or tournaments. Um, guaranteed prize pool or tournaments, because they're really the same thing. A lot of people like to call them tournaments. But cash games are contests like 50-50, head-to-head, double-ups, uh, higher odds of winning money because half of the field wins money. Uh, usually have to finish in the top you know, 55% or 51% to gain money in that. And there's fewer entries. Usually a max entry limits are low. So 10 max entries or 20 max entries or 30. So they're keeping it low, but half of the field wins money. The thing about that is, is if you finish first in that, or if you finish, say, in a, in a 10 person tournament, if you finish first or you finish fifth, you're making the same amount of money. Uh, because there's everyone mins a double. It's basically a double up or a 50-50 like they call it. You're just winning back your money plus your money uh, if you get into that top. Now with a tournament, there's larger sums of money but less winners and typically more entries. Uh, max entry limits are much higher in the you know hundreds of thousands in some cases or even more. Um, so it's much harder to win because there's so many more people playing. And on top of that, there is a higher chance to win more money, though, if you get in first. Whereas you don't win money if you finish in that fifth, top 51%. Probably won't win money at 51%. Usually you have to make it in the top 25% in those tournaments to even make close to what you put into the tournament. Now let's talk about methods between these two. Cash games you want to play safe. You don't want to take risky picks. You want to take those guys that we always talk about, the value picks. You want to look at guys that are going to average good points that are going to get you points just because you don't need to win that to make money. You just need to finish in the top 51% or top 50%. Now, let's look at the other side of that, tournaments. Tournaments, you want to take players that are low percentage owned or combo of players that are low percentage owned because let's take an example here. Team Awesome running back. Awesome guy like Jonathan Taylor numbers. Gets ruled out for Saturday's game. Got to put the backup in. He's 3,000 on DraftKings. Everyone hears about this and wants to pick him up. So everyone does. So now the team awesome running back that was 3,000 is owned by everybody. Now that doesn't help you separate yourself in the field because if 40% of the people own the same running back you have, that's just like a blown or a wasted pick in your lineup. Think about it like this. If it wasn't a one-day contest and you had a multiple-week contest, the guy in front of you by 10 points 
picks up that running back and you pick up that running back. You're not gaining any ground on him if that running back does well or bad. You are just staying 10 points behind him. You're not separating yourself. So let's take another example on the other end of this. Team Destroy has a wide receiver who's been riding pine all year and all the starters are pulling bad numbers. Coach says he wants to mix things up. You see this freshman sitting in DraftKings at 3,000. He looks juicy. You think he's going to get the, the go-ahead. He's going to get some time in the game because the, the starters haven't been pulling numbers and the coach says he wants to mix things up. Guess what? You pick him up. Guy goes in, gets a touchdown, 11 catches, and 100 yards. I guarantee probably less than 5% of the people in that tournament probably have that wide receiver. You're separating yourself from the field because they don't have him and you do. While they all have that same running back who may have scored the same amount of points, but you're separating yourself because you had a different guy that they no one else had. Um, so it's all about trying to find that risky pick and separating yourself from the pack. That's how you win those tournaments and make money in those tournaments. It's tougher and riskier. Again, cash games are more safer, more advantageous to the guy that just wants to pull in, you know, average numbers or a guy that's really good at picking people that are going to make value. So it's tough. We'll see how it, it's tough to pick which game kind of cash games or tournaments you want. But again, it is riskier. You have to have a different mentality going into tournaments that you do going into cash games. Everyone, thanks for listening. This was the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. Wall, again, wasn't here. But you can catch us on social media, on Twitter, at WWCFB. You can get our Instagram at college underscore football underscore rundown, and that's been popping off lately. Our website is collegefootballrundown.com, and you get a hold of either me or Kyle, Matt or Kyle, at collegefootballrundown.com. Uh, by email if you want to suggest anything or if you have a good mini episode that you want to hear. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you later this week.